Welcome to one more episode of Long Story Short with Dr. Bean from the FLCCC platform. The discussion today is very interesting. Autophagy, how long do we fast to trigger or accelerate autophagy? That is a question. The context for this can be any chronic disease, general health, longevity, and most importantly, the spike-related diseases where spike may be hanging out in various cells or if there are any pieces of messenger RNA sitting somewhere as a trash inside a cell, then that can be, this, these mechanisms can help. So let's start our discussion. First of all, this is the FLCCC site, covid19criticalcare.com. We have this conference coming up, Educational Conference 2022 in October. If you have not already signed up, please do sign up. Then if you continue, there are various speakers, various discussions. Then there is this long story short. This series is also linked here. And the most important thing, if you go here to the protocols, various protocols for prophylaxis, for acute COVID, for post-COVID, and now even for the spike-related injuries are here. Take advantage of those. Now, for some references before our discussion, this is an important reference, cell biology by the numbers, and this is about when do our cells turn over. The situation in our body is that some of our cells, the whole cells will turn over. For example, RBCs turn over almost every three months. WBCs turn over every week or every two to five days and so on. Then some cells do not turn over. For example, our neurons do not turn over other than some in the hippocampal area. However, within the cells, the proteins that are functioning, that are taking care of various cellular mechanisms, those proteins can be turning over as well. So you can say that the furniture inside a house is being recycled, if not the whole house. And if you see anywhere from two days to three months, four months, some cells would stay there forever, for example, neurons, then some cells would turn over, for example, fat cells in eight years and so on. So this is an interesting read to just know that body's proteins and cells would turn over. Then there are some references that are provided with this video. For example, this is Yoshinoro Osumi, who was the 2016 Nobel Prize in Medicine Physiology receiver for his discovery of the autophagy mechanism, its proteins, its genes, and from there, the research on autophagy has exploded. Before this, autophagy research was going on since 1960s and 70s. But after the discovery of genes and proteins, it actually increased a lot. I think last year or a few years ago, there were 8,000 papers in one year on autophagy, some number like that. I also want to make sure that we know Dr. Anna Maria Curvo. She's an MD-PhD and a professor of medicine as well. And her team has done a lot of valuable work for autophagy. Maybe someday we can have her as a guest for FLCCC as well. So these are some references, as you can tell. And let's start our discussion. So first, why autophagy? In general, our body is recycling proteins and cells. For example, we are producing about 3 million new red blood cells every second. That also means that we are breaking down about a similar number. Our body cannot sustain if we make 3 million new cells but only break 2 million. That means every second we'll have 1 extra million cells produced 
and soon our body would have a lot of RBCs that it doesn't know what to do with and that would cause the blood thickening and blood circulation issues and a person can die. At the same time, if body is making 3 million but breaking 5 million, then the anemic situation would start occurring and if we don't control it, then the person would die. So usually, the making and the breaking is in a balance. That means protein recycling and lysis of the cells is a continuous process which runs in balance with new formation of these products. Another example, hemoglobin molecules. 10 raised to power 15 new molecules every second. For a 60 kilogram person, just to give you some more examples, on average, they make 240 grams of new proteins every day. Usually, about 70 gram comes from outside new. And the remaining 170 gram that is needed to make new proteins is actually recycled from the existing proteins. The 70 gram that comes in from new, there is also 70 grams that is broken down and thrown out. Now, in our body, there are two pathways to recycle and to break down the cells. One is the ubiquitin pathway. Ubiquitin pathway is a very specific pathway where there are tagging proteins called ubiquitins that mark the proteins to be recycled. So for example, I have this little bottle here. And imagine if this bottle is a protein that needs to be recycled. And this red cap here is a ubiquitin that is flagging this protein to be recycled. This is one mechanism of recycling. This mechanism is very specific. It does not break down every protein. It only breaks down those proteins that it recognizes and it selects. Then what happens for the remaining trash in the cell? What happens with the remaining proteins in the cell? Those are broken down through the lytic pathways. And lytic pathways are the ones that include autophagy. There are three kinds of autophagy. And I'll discuss those mechanisms a little later. One is called macroautophagy. Then, second one is called microautophagy. And the third one is called chaperone-mediated or chaperone-assisted autophagy. So, the question I want to raise in your head and then answer is the following. What kind of autophagy can I trigger or accelerate by doing what? That is the question and the answer is what we'll discuss today. Now, for the lytic system, autophagy system, as I said before, Yoshinoro Osumi received a 2016 Nobel Prize in Physiology Medicine for the discovery of the genes and proteins that take part in autophagy. Now, this work that is going to be in front of us now, there are various studies about when the autophagy triggers. Most of the studies that you would see on the websites, they are studies in animal models there are very few or almost none in human beings, live human beings. The cell cultures are used, animal models are used, but human being studies are not there yet. In the animal studies, the most common findings are that when an animal starves for 24 hours, fluids given but no food, then autophagy starts in their cells and it peaks at 48 hours. So that is one set of studies and most prevalent studies you would see. Then you would see Dr. Anna Maria's work. But before I go there, I want to also talk about this line very quickly. 
autophagy also depends when does it occur and when does it accelerate or decelerate or that also depends upon a person's state what kind of drugs they're taking medicines they're taking and so on so the person's health their own nutritional status stress levels body habitus all of these matter even the state of a person for example a pregnant mother breastfeeding mother breast you know the baby who's feeding and mother who is lactating they all have a different scenario for the autophagy autophagy is not a generalized statement that can be said to apply to everyone let's say everyone should have autophagy in 24 hours what if somebody had was already in a starving state and then you ask them to fast for 24 hours more that's a different situation okay so continuing dr anna maria curvo she's an md a phd she's a professor of department of development and molecular biology and professor of medicine in albert einstein school of medicine her team's work on animal models is very encouraging what they have shown is that if you are doing intermittent fasting with two meals separated at 8 hours that means 8 hours and then 16 hours then macro autophagy starts within the 8 hours fast time and chaperon assisted autophagy starts and activates and accelerates during the 16 hour starving time so according to her then you do a 8 hour starving or fasting and that activates the macro autophagy and then combine that macro autophagy with the chaperon assisted autophagy in the next 16 hours and you get the best outcome for autophagy and remember that when when we're talking about the 8 hours or 16 hours most fluids are fine but food or snacks are not because as soon as you take a snack within let's say 8 hours you have reduced the chances of autophagy because you have fed the cells the basic idea is not to feed the cells so that they can find inside of them the problems the trash the waste material the raw extra things lying around to recycle even if you do some snacking that would break this opportunity for the cell to look inwards and they would start picking up even if it is tiny amounts they'll pick it up from outside and autophagy proteins and mechanisms will turn off now another very important thing is the autophagy of the neuronal system again it is not necessary that the whole neuron would have to become recycled although there are some parts where neurogenesis occurs like hippocampus and where 700 new neurons are produced every day however within the neurons the proteins are recycling and neurons need to clean up their waste products that are accumulating in them all the time however the neurons only perform accelerated autophagy during the sleeping time and the reason for that is that during waking hours the neurons are working so this is like a bus that is traveling and imagine while the bus is going the driver gets up and says i'm going to just clean up the bus that would not work so neuron does not stop operating while we are awake it does not stop operating and perform autophagy as soon as we sleep neurons have the opportunity to perform autophagy so that means we want micro autophagy we want chaperon mediated autophagy for neurons and that can occur best during the 16 hours of fasting that means your sleep should be during the 16 hours time and not the 8 hours time so that's a very important concept to keep in mind as well 
Now, there are other studies as well that have demonstrated other ways of triggering or accelerating autophagy. And I want to make sure that I can clarify why do I say triggering or accelerating. Autophagy is actually occurring in us all the time. We are breaking down proteins or cells and recycling them. And one part of that is through autophagy. So these methods actually do not start autophagy, but add more chaperones, add more proteins to perform autophagy. They bring in more cooks or shredders to perform the autophagy. They intensify the autophagy, they accelerate the autophagy, but autophagy is not just generally turned off, which will be then turned on with fasting. This is why I say accelerating or intensifying, instead of saying starting or activating, although we can use that, but then we have to make sure that in our mind we are aware that there is a baseline autophagy that is happening and we would activate newer pathways as well. So, there are some studies that say that if we starve for 14 to 16 hours, the glycogen levels in the liver that we were using to make glucose to sustain our body's functions, that goes down enough that the cells start looking inwards to start using the proteins that are present within the cells and autophagy starts. Then, as I said before, 24 hours to 48 hours as well. Then, caloric restriction. Of course, I mean, what is happening with the autophagy? Caloric restriction, less nutrition available. So, if you are making caloric restriction as well, then you can modulate the autophagy further. Then ketosis, anyone who is in ketosis also has autophagy going on. Then various molecules, we have talked about caffeine or resveratrol before. I still remember Dr. Paul Merrick is so excited about the caffeine discussion that we did. So I would recommend that you watch that. He had actually called me one day and said, could we talk about that? And I loved it. We will talk about imantoflavone in the future, about autophagy and other components too. At the same time, there are molecules that can hinder autophagy. For example, hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine, one important part, if you have watched my previous videos, we know that one important part of autophagy is the lysosomes activity. Lysosome is little stomachs of the cell, microscopic small pockets in which there are various enzymes and acids that can burn and digest the proteins. So during the autophagy, there is going to be a tiny tractor that brings in the raw material and then it fuses that with the lysosomes and lysosomes acids and the enzymes the degrading enzymes will attack various substances and degrade them. So if lysosomes are not properly acidic, then they do not function as efficiently. And hydroxychloroquine reduces the acidity of the lysosomes. So it can affect autophagy and reduce it. Then there are some studies, as I was researching, there are some studies that say that human cells, especially neutrophils, they begin autophagy or accelerate autophagy at the 24 hours fasting mark. So these are cultures. We actually do not have much studies in human beings who are fasting and then we observe their autophagy. But these are the cell cultures in a lab environment. So a cell that is kept like fasting for 24 hours is a different state because in vitro they are not doing all the functions that they will be doing inside the body. So it is possible that inside the body, they actually start autophagy earlier 
than 24 hours. Another hugely important thing. So if from this lecture, you're going to take away eight, 16 hours fasting schedule, the second thing I would really request you to take away is exercise. Of course, there is another important point and that is sleep within the 16 hours fasting time. Exercise. Exercise actually deshapes the cells, right? So when we are exercising, what are we doing? We are contracting our muscles and relaxing them and various parts of our tissues and skin and connective tissue, they are deshaping and they are morphing in various shapes and they are squishing and stretching. Within the cells, we have something called cytoskeleton. Just like we have skeleton in our body or houses have skeleton for their construction, within the cell, there are microtubular systems that are attached to various parts of the cell membrane and these are called cytoskeleton. When we move our cells, stretch them, squish them as in exercise, we change the cell shape that moves the cytoskeleton and puts stress on it. That stress activates heat shock proteins, which in turn activate the autophagy. So if you are not fasting, if you are not taking any molecules to help with the autophagy, then just the exercise, just the movement can help trigger and intensify autophagy. This just itself is a money shot here. Exercise. Now we know that the pregnant women, breastfeeding women, diabetics, malnourished, somebody with cancer, somebody with immune dysregulations, they have to be careful. Although autophagy has shown to help reduce diabetes or even reverse it, autophagy has shown to help with the immune diseases, but it could be hurtful in cancer because cancer cells may take advantage of the cells where autophagy is accelerated and the cells die. And let's say if these are immune cells that died, that allowed the cancer cells to accelerate and grow even more. So for a cancer patient, autophagy's balance is an important thing to keep in mind. And now one more quick comment. How do you know autophagy is happening? So some signs, these are not the final signs, but some signs, for example, if you are in ketosis, you have autophagy happening. If your appetite reduces, so you may have observed that when you are fasting, in the beginning there is this hunger and feeling of starvation and then you would say it would slowly dissipate and you would actually become calm about the food and you're okay if you're not eating. That loss of appetite or reduction in appetite during the fast is because of the autophagy, because the cells are now busy doing their autophagy, they do not know the exact mechanism for how the appetite is reduced, but that is also a time when autophagy is going on. Fatigue, normally it is temporary, and we know that it happens with the ketogenic diets as well, that we hit a wall, we crash, and then we become used to it. Similarly, when you are doing autophagy, when you're doing fasting, you could become fatigued but that is temporary and after that, the body recovers. Bad breath. So bad breath, of course there is bad breath if we don't take care of our mouth hygiene, so I'm not talking about that. Bad breath which happens especially in ketosis when there are acetones present, acetones can actually come out in the breath and they can smell bad. If that is the case with ketosis and that is also an indicator that autophagy is going on. Weight loss, of course, 
is a sign of autophagy because the cells are eating themselves or the products within them and we are becoming now slimmer. We are reducing weight and proteins. Improved brain function. You will actually observe that during the fast, your ability to think better and faster and sharper enhances. And that is also a sign of autophagy. And we have done this discussion before that how autophagy helps the neurogenesis and the neuronal system's performance. Here is another study that I wanted to just very quickly touch on, and that is the autophagy outcome associated with modified alternate day fasting. So this is alternate day fasting, 24 hours normal meals, 24 hours fasting. And it has a effect on body weight, body mass index, cardio metabolic risk factors, it reduces them, especially in overweight individuals. So we are seeing various mechanisms. We are seeing 16-8 or 8-16 fasting, 24-48 hour fasting, various molecules, exercise. Now let's go to the last part of our discussion today. And that is, what are the types of autophagies and what's the difference in them? I kept the mechanisms at the end today because I wanted us to take away for how to activate or trigger or accelerate autophagy more than the mechanisms. So now get ready for some pictures. Macro autophagy, big system autophagy, is when in our cell a small tiny ball starts forming. Out of the blue, if you're looking into the cell, you would see at one place a small ball empty ball sphere has started forming and we have discussed that in our previous discussion how it forms so it starts forming here it is called a phagophore normally it starts forming near wherever there is trash wherever there is waste material wherever there is something to be recycled so imagine if there is some trash littered around in a street then just near the trash just out of the blue a trash can starts forming. That is called a phagophore. This phagophore then starts completing and it would engulf the trash nearby and contain it. This is also a mechanism that can also work with the endosome. Endosome is when there is something from outside of the cell that is eaten and brought in. These endosomes can actually combine with phagophores and they can make one common trash bag. Now this trash bag that contains the trash is called phagosome. This phagosome is then combined with lysosomes. This is the lysosome I was talking about. The acidity needs to be maintained in it. Plus it has these little enzymes that can break proteins and DNAs and RNAs and other products. So lysosome and phagosome, they fuse together and make autolysosome. That is macroautophagy. Microautophagy is interesting compared to the macro. So in the macro, you saw that we filled trash bags and we brought them and fused them with the shredders and we shredded the raw material. Here in the micro, we decide what part of a intracellular structure needs to be recycled. Is it part of a DNA that needs to be degraded? Is it part of a Golgi apparatus that needs to be recycled or endoplasmic reticulum or some other waste products? 
So now instead of trying to bag them into a vesicle, a phagophore, we actually send the lysosome directly to go attach there and directly digest it. This is like we send this little monster lysosome to go and bite a part of the endoplasmic reticulum and chew it off and digest it. The cell is eating itself, really actively eating itself. This is called microautophagy. In this, the phagosome and phagophore processes are not involved. Here, the lysosome directly attaches to some part of the waste material and directly shreds it. It's not necessarily a waste material. A vesicle, endoplasmic reticulum, part of Golgi apparatus, part of DNA is not necessarily waste. But it may be an opportunity for the cell to munch on and to recycle that part and use it for its other purposes. Remember, the cell is starving. So it's trying to figure out where can I find things that I can recycle. So this is my micro. Both macro and micro autophagies begin within the first eight hours of starvation. Then is the chaperone-mediated autophagy. This is the one that happens in 16 hours. This is the one that we want in neurons as well. This is the one for which we should sleep during the 16 hours of the fast. This is chaperone-mediated. In here, imagine this little blue trash can contains the trash or the waste material or the proteins to be recycled. These proteins are hauled, they are pulled, they are dragged by chaperone proteins and brought near the lysosomes. So there is no phagophore formed here. There is no lysosome directly attacking a protein. Instead, there are chaperone proteins that are capturing the proteins to be recycled and then bringing them to the lysosome. These proteins, chaperone proteins, heat shock proteins. Heat shock proteins, just a quick note on them, heat shock proteins are called heat shock proteins because they were first discovered when the cells in cultures were shocked by heat. So researchers wanted to understand that if we shock a cell with heat, we give it stress, what happens inside? And they found that some proteins become active. Just like if there's a fire, the fire brigade would become active. Fire workers will become active. Similarly, when there was heat within the cell, heat shock proteins or some proteins became active and they said these are heat shock proteins. They then found out that it is not just the fire or the heat, but any stress on the cell, the cytoskeletal stress, the heat stress, any chemical stress, any other hormonal stresses, overactivity stress, less oxygen, less nutrients, whatever it is, any stress on the cell can activate these heat shock proteins. That means their function is to actually assess, to say, you know what, the cell is in distress, we're going to have some waste material produced, or we are going to need some more nutrition as well, so we should become active. And what they do is, they start picking up waste material, or material that is just lying around and is not actively being used, they will pull that and bring that to the lysosomes. Now, in the lysosomes, there is a special protein called LAMP2A that allows these proteins that have been brought by heat shock protein to the lysosome to enter in the lysosome. So you may have seen with the big stores, for example, Target or Staples, they have an area on, the, on their back from where they receive new supplies every night. And so big trucks with the containers, they come and dock there. And then from there, 
the supplies are moved in the store. Similarly, lamp 2A is that docking site, you can say, through which the proteins that have been brought over can cross the membrane and get into the vesicle. Once these are inside the vesicle, they're recycled. What a beautiful mechanism. This is called chaperone-mediated or chaperone-assisted autophagy. This is the most efficient and prevalent mechanism of autophagy. This happens with 14-16 hours of fasting and we need this to be triggered to do the maximum benefit. And finally, this is the last diagram. If you are thinking that what is a ubiquitin non-lytic pathway? What is a ubiquitin pathway? How does that work? A quick note, not a detailed discussion of it. Ubiquitins are little proteins that can tag those proteins that need to be recycled. So in this diagram, these little purple proteins that are all shocked now because they're going to become recycled, these are tagged by ubiquitins, right? This was the same example I gave before. So imagine if this little bottle in my hand needs to be recycled and imagine this red is the tag on it. That tag actually identifies this protein to be recycled. So as soon as that protein is tagged, that protein says, you know what, I'm a goner now, I'm going to become recycled. So once a protein is tagged, it is brought to proteosomes or endosomes. Proteosome, as the name says, proteosome, a structure that would help break down proteins. So these proteins that are tagged with ubiquitin are brought to the proteosome. Proteosome would thrash them and recycle them and create raw material, which can then be used to build more proteins. So this is the ubiquitin pathway. I just wanted to put that here as well, just for completion's sake. But these are the pathways. So what is the summary of the discussion today? We looked at various mechanisms of autophagy. We saw that 8 hour and 16 hours window with the intermittent fasting is the best. Snacking is not good during this time. Sleeping in the 16 hours is the best for the neurons and their autophagy. And we looked at various mechanisms as well. Exercise is also an important thing. So thank you very much. And I'll see you soon with the next episode.